We are live. Lockdown Hawkeyes here after Iowa gets it done. 26-16 over Michigan State. Was it pretty? No. Was it frustrating? Yes. Was it fun? At times. We break it down today. Locked on Hawkeyes. You are Locked on Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We're available wherever you get podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube while you're there. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Just takes a moment and helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. 26-16, the final, though, doesn't exactly tell the whole story of this one as Iowa Gets the win. They run their record now to four and one on the season. Get Big Ten win number one of the year. And now it is a schedule that isn't exactly daunting, but makes you wonder what this team still is going to be. So plenty of different ways to go. We start at the most position, most important position in all of sports. And that, of course, is the quarterback position. In the second drive of the game, Cade McNamara goes down. Looked to be a very significant injury. After the game this evening, uh, Kirk Ferentz talked a little bit about the injury and just from the sound of things, this thing appears to be very significant. We will see exactly what it is. Uh, Kirk mentioned that is going to be something we'll find out more earlier in the week on that one. So it was the backup Deacon Hill that came into the game and Deacon Hill, a guy with a big arm, a guy that certainly can throw it and can make all the passes, but getting there, um, has been frustrating. Look, he's not an accurate quarterback. There's a reason he was a four-teamer at Wisconsin. We're not talking about some elite-level quarterback, anything like that, but he was able to do some things, you know, complete a couple of throws, make some plays. The one thing that I really took away watching the game and after Hill came into the football game was that we saw the full complement of the Iowa offense, something that had really been lacking, you know, the quarterback waggles and the rollouts and the bootlegs, something that just had not been a big part of the Iowa offense because of the lack of mobility from Cade McNamara because of the quad injury. And we got to see that again. And it was good to see those pieces. And that's an important part of the offense. A quarterback sneak, something that they haven't been able to do again because of the quad injury. So he had both of those components. I thought that was incredibly important to have the full complement of the playbook out there. And we were able to see some things that came out there. You look at the final numbers, though, uh, not good. Not good at all for uh, for Deacon Hill when you break down what he was in this one. He completes 11 passes. Now, drops were also a piece of it, and that's something we'll definitely get into here over the course of this one. But he finishes up the game uh, throwing the football 11 of 27 for 115 yards. Had the touchdown, Eric All making people miss and bullying his way into the end zone for the only score through the air. Also threw an interception in the game. He was sacked one time and had the three carries, including a couple of short yardage gains. And that was good to see because Iowa, not a well-oiled machine offensively. We do know that. And it was good to see uh, them be able to go through. Another frustrating part of this game was the inability, once again, for Iowa to get the running game going. And we saw LaShawn Williams out there, 12 carries for 38 yards, 3.2 yards per carry. Also had the big fumble that really changed the course of this game and looked like ultimately could be the one that proved to be the difference. But Iowa kept chucking along, 
and uh, we'll dig a little bit deeper into that one. Uh, Kamari Moulton, the true freshman who's out there, the kid from Florida, not big, 5'9", 185, but he was out there doing some things and definitely what Iowa needed uh, in this one of just for trying to find some kind of semblance of a running game. He ultimately averages just 2.8 yards per carry. And then you have the uh, one touch out of the game from TJ Terrell Washington Jr., who is out there uh, for a carry in the game. Catch of the football, Eric All leads the receivers, four catches for 67 yards and a touchdown. Deontay Vines had three catches, also a handful of drops. Still Janos with three catches as well. Kind of his coming out party, if you will. Ragi Edie with two. One for Seth Anderson and one for LaShawn Williams out of the backfield. Special teams was good once again. Of course, Drew Stevens, what they were able to do there. And ultimately, the punt return from Cooper DeGene. Uh, what an electric environment. And credit to the Hawkeye fans that were in attendance in Kinnick Stadium. Just what an incredible environment it was once again for this football game. And night games in Kinnick are special. It doesn't matter if it's a Michigan State team that is going through their own set of issues, and they certainly are at this point. It doesn't matter exactly what you're seeing there. What you do see from this Iowa football team and the way the crowd gets behind them. And were there frustrations? Absolutely. Were the Boo Birds out a lot? Yeah, they were. And you could understand why the Boo Birds were out as the offense continued to struggle for long, long periods of this football game. And I, I have no problem with the booing. I have no problem with the fire Brian chance. It's something that, look, it comes with the territory, and it comes with the territory with a guy that should not have his job. I never would should have had it in the first place. Look, Big Ten is not where you go for on-job training, right? And when he was handed this job seven years ago, we've seen the issues that have certainly cropped up for a guy that just isn't good. It just isn't good at his job. So I had no problem with that. And I know there'll be plenty of ink spilled. There'll be plenty of people that have their own opinions. I, hey, this is big boy football. Yes, it's collegiate football. Yes, it is a little bit different. But ultimately, this is still Big Ten football. And if you want to, you know, pay the money to go in there and you want to use your voice to boo, so be it. So be it. And I think that was definitely a part of that one couple other pieces mentioned Cooper DeGene, obviously, on the punt return in a game where we hadn't seen this from Cooper DeGene this season. His ability to get out in space and to make some plays, it's led to some frustrations, no doubt. Uh, we saw the play last week against Penn State where he was hollering for guys to get out of the way, 110,000 people out of State College, and it went off of Dia Fernandez and turned the ball over and led to seven points for Penn State in that one. Just hadn't been able to get on track. and. He's so dynamic. He's just such an incredible playmaker. And to be able to go up there, make two guys miss, come up the sideline, showing not just the speed that he has, obviously getting to the corner, turning it up and getting into the end zone, but just that playmaking ability. You know, he's hit by two guys and he barely slows down. He is such a ridiculous athlete. He is unlike really anything I was seeing a really long time at that position. Just his, his maneuverability the power that he also plays with, not just the speed, but also the power that he plays with. Had the interception that was absolutely huge as Michigan State was driving. He picked that one off. Uh, just great credit for him. Drew Stevens, he was money, uh, knocking in the field goals as he hits all four of his field goal attempts. And uh, we got a couple other things and a couple other places to go for this football game. Some of the decisions, and I was on a couple of threads, people not real pleased with Kirk Ferentz kicking the field goal to tie the football game up. Fourth down and one. Two Michigan State players were injured. We're going to talk about that a little bit more and where this team is going to go and you know, what they are and how they're going to be built 
now going forward. The defense, certainly up and down, as good as the special teams was throughout most of this football game. The defense showed some cracks, and that is concerning because we thought this defense, again, was going to be very special this year. And though the defense is still good, I'm not so sure if it's a special defense, certainly like the defense that we saw a season ago. We'll talk about the defense. We'll talk about what everything is going forward. We'll do that as we continue here on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season. <laughs> Excuse me. Easy for me, me to say. With FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers, you're going to get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, no better time to get in on the action. The app's super easy to use, a wide range of betting options, spreads, player props, over-unders. You can do the same game parlays. Get in in a multitude of different ways and an app that is so easy to use. You'll jump right in. Won't have to worry about figuring everything out. You'll be able to do it on FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Trent kind of back with you once again here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. As we continue, Iowa 26-16 over Michigan State. Mention uh, one area I want to go, and that was the decision. Iowa down 16-13 uh, in the fourth quarter. Fourth and one. You got a big quarterback out there in Deacon Hill. He's listed at 280, uh, 258. There's no way that dude's 258. He's a big guy, right? We saw the sneak already, and it worked. Didn't go for it. Two Michigan State players out on the field. And you know, one thing that I, I thought, and I saw many people, both online, on, on Twitter, and in my text threads with some friends, and people are upset with it, upset with the decision. And I looked at it this way. Even if Iowa picks up that fourth and one, the likelihood that they are, quarterback sneaks or something like in the NFL, I think that they're at 92%, something like that maybe a little bit lower in college. We saw uh, Michigan State try and play, and Iowa was able to short, uh, stop them short of it. But even with that, Iowa's ability and what, the way they're built is on the defense. And we saw the young quarterback for Michigan State. We saw Noah Kim really struggle at times, three interceptions, including the one that clinched the game. And I was fine with Iowa kicking the field. Well, first, you have an elite-level kicker. You go that direction, right? Drew Stevens is really good. And because of that, you feel confident that he's going to knock it through the upright and you're going to get the three and it's going to be a tie football game. And you're putting your defense back out on the field. Because even if Iowa picks up that first down, I had no hope that they were going to turn it into seven to eat a little bit more clock, perhaps. But there's still five minutes on the clock. You're more than likely going to get the football back. You're going to turn it over and get maybe even a short field. So I was completely fine with it. We know Stevens is pounding the ball through the end zone. It's going to be a touchback. They're going to be starting at the 25. So I was completely good with it. But there's other people that disagree. And if you do, so be it. That's fine. I mean, that's what we're here for, the discourse and the ability to go back and forth. But yeah, that one was, uh, I definitely heard both sides of the argument there. I think Kirk played that one right. There's plenty of things at a game situations, clock management, lots of things throughout the tenure and the 25 years of Kirk Ferentz that you can poke holes in. I was on the side of Kirk on that one just because of the way this team is built. And what it had turned into, they tie it up, they get the stop, they get the ball back, and then the punt returned by Cooper DeGene. 
that ultimately wins the football game. They had three more and get another field goal as Stevens knocks another one in 26-16, the final in that one. Defensively, this team against a Michigan State team that's reeling, a Michigan State team that is going through their own set of issues. They still give up in the football game, 349 yards, 193 through the air, but I think more concerning, 156 on the ground. Now, their running back, Nathan Carter, that's a good player. It's a guy that came in from UConn. They're hoping he was going to be their Kenneth Walker, right? Guy that a couple of years ago came in through the transfer portal, was just an absolute stud for them, and now is doing the same thing for the Seahawks. He's good. He's talented, right? But their ability to get six, seven, eight yards of crack almost any time they wanted, that led to, I think, some frustrations out there. Again, didn't get to the quarterback a ton. Iowa, again, struggling to get to the quarterback, and that has been something that we've talked about a lot this season. It's just Iowa, for whatever reason, is not able to get to that quarterback, and we saw it again show up here. Got some hits on Kim, got some hits on the receivers, and did some good things, but overall, you're left with that. Speaking of the defense, Jay Higgins, he finishes with 12 tackles in the football game. Nick Jackson had 10. Xavier Wampa, I thought he took a huge step forward defensively in this football game. Not just the eight tackles that he had, brought some physicality uh, to the game, something that we were hoping to see out of him. He's so rangy. He's so fast. He's got all the physical skills that you want in that safety position, but it feels like it's all now with more experience, more playing time, just getting those reps out there. We're seeing the emergence now of Xavier Wampa, and he was good. Eight tackles also for Quinn Schulte. Uh, Deontay Craig, how about eight tackles out of him? He'd been really quiet. Had that sack in the first game and still waiting for him to get those sack numbers going. But he was able to get to the quarterback, apply a couple of pressures, and finish up with eight tackles and on down the list from there. Overall, really solid performance. Iowa running a lot more 4-3. Uh, did some different things out there. We saw plenty with the extra linebacker in there. And then Castro kind of shifted positions and playing a little bit overall. Nice performance. Nice performance overall. But the defense, it's just not at the level that I was going to need to be. And that, that kind of goes going forward. You know, we saw those cracks. We saw some of those frustrations from the defense and, and just their inability at times to get off the field and, and sustaining long drives. We saw you know, one that ended a field goal, giving up a couple of big plays in there. This Iowa defense has got to be a lot better. They just do. Now with Cade McNamara out for multiple weeks, maybe the whole season, we'll see what that injury exactly was. Nothing definitive on that front. With Deacon Hill as the quarterback, I was still their inability to run the football and the offensive line struggles that they have. Nick DeYoung also went down, so you're moving a little bit deeper. You're going to have to win a lot of ugly games. Now, that's Iowa football, right? I mean, that, that's what we're used to is having to win ugly football games, and it looks like that's going to be the case once again for this football team going forward. And we hope that the offense was going to be better. And maybe we should have known, and maybe I should have known that it wasn't going to be the case. Like, you can substitute. You can bring in all the good groceries, but you know what? If your chef still stinks, you're going to stink. And Brian Ferentz is a play caller, not a thing of beauty. But with Deacon Hill, the full complement of the offense now being there with the bootlegs, with the waggles, the ability for him to roll out and make some plays, he's going to take shots too. And I like that. I just, for whatever reason, the way that the Iowa offense is so compressed within 15 yards of the line of scrimmage, and no shots down the field. It doesn't matter if it's Spencer Petrus or if it's Deacon Hill or Cade McNamara. Deacon Hill's going to take some shots. Now, were there some forced throws? Absolutely. Is that going to get better? We'll see. 
He can make the throws. He's got the strong arm. He can get it up the field. That's got to help out a little bit at minimum. And then he get into the drops. And that was probably the biggest thing that you walk away from in this football game is the drops in the game. They had Deontay Vines down officially for two drops. I think it was three out of him. Eric All had a drop earlier in the game that slowed down a drive that they had. Ragaini had a drop. Caleb Brown, you've been asking for him. I've been wondering. You'll want to find a way to get him involved, right? He's got speed unlike many Iowa wide receivers has. He has a physical dimension to him and a, it just the way that he's built at Iowa. We're not used to at the receiver position, but great play out wide, stop route, third down right there, ball on the numbers, and he dropped it. Strike also with the drop in that one. Overall, Iowa's credit was six Drops in the football game officially. You could probably argue there were seven and seven or eight out there uh, for the football team. It got to be better there. Right away, they went to the wide receivers. The first two plays offensively, the first two passing plays, while well, McNamara was still in there, went to the wide receiver. They got going, and that's what they're going to have to do. Again, it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be great. But I think there's some signs for this football team. It's not a great schedule. We'll talk about that when we come back. There isn't a ton there. but. Going forward, what is the ceiling of this team? In a terrible division, with the rest of the division looking brutal, where can they go? How good can this Iowa team still get? We'll do that as we continue here. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or dive alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. All right, Trent kind of back with you here one final time on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. As always, thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Hey, hit that subscribe button if you're watching this on YouTube. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. A big appreciation to everybody that's clicked that subscribe button. Keep pushing those numbers forward, and we continue to talk Hawkeyes with you every single day. That's what we do here, your team every day on the Locked On Network, and we got you covered on the Hawkeye side of things. So, as we look forward, I was 4-1. and one. One and one in the Big Ten. It is Purdue coming up this week. Homecoming, two thirty kickoff. That is a Peacock only game. If you're watching it tonight on the app, you're good. If you're watching it on NBC, good as well. If you're expecting the same thing next week, not the case. That is a Peacock exclusive game, and the first non-televised, at least traditional television game since way back in the early Kirk tenure in a game against Minnesota. Purdue took it two. Illinois, they put points up on the board. That offense is clicking. They got a very talented quarterback themselves in Hudson Carr, the Texas transfer. He's a really talented guy. 
and they go and absolutely throttle Illinois 44 to 19. Hudson Card threw for 217. Tyrone Tracy, he's doing things. They're leading running back now, 21 carries, 110 yards, and a touchdown in that one. It's going to be a team that's going to put some points up. And as we've seen, this Iowa defense not at the same level. It's not an automatic win. In fact, the rest of the way, there are no automatic wins. The good news is, there are also not any automatic losses. I mean, there, there isn't anything on this schedule that you say, boy, I'm not going to be able to get this one. Now, the Wisconsin game is obviously the most difficult. Likely the only game that I was going to be an underdog in is that road trip to Madison coming up in a couple of weeks. But overall, it's not a difficult schedule. It's not anything that is impossible for this team to do. We'll get into a couple of questions here. If you're uh, also on the comments side on YouTube, we'll hit those up in a moment. Uh, Purdue at Wisconsin, Minnesota, Northwestern, showing signs of life. They hung around for the first half against Penn State, had the comeback win against the Gophers last week. That game in Wrigley is going to be, I think, more difficult than we probably thought just even a couple of weeks ago. Rutgers, that Rutgers team's okay, even though it's at home. Look, the limitations of this team make every game winnable or losable. Illinois and Nebraska is how Iowa finishes up. You paint a scenario right now, even without Cade McNamara, you're going to get Caleb Johnson back here pretty soon. You're going to get Jazzy on Patterson back pretty soon. If not this week, you anticipate both those guys will be ready to go, both dealing with ankle injuries, that they're both going to be ready for the Wisconsin game. An offensive line that I don't want to say they took a big step forward because that would be mischaracterizing what we saw here. And a t- game where you just weren't able to run the football again against a, you want to say, okay, Michigan State front. Okay, that, that's definitely concerning. But that's kind of where we are right now. I, I don't know. And I hate to be in that spot where I don't know, right? We're here to give opinions, but that's just where we are. One other thing I wanted to mention, and I had this thought. Was it frustrating? Absolutely. The Boo Birds were out. It looked hideous at times. You get frustrated. But after Cooper DeGene makes the play, right? And I was salting it away. Just enjoy the victories. Because things can go awry. We talked last week a lot about kind of the future. And where a lot of Hawkeye fans go, and certainly older people like myself and some of the older crew out there that remember well the transition from Dr. Tom and what was that was like. And though there was excitement when Steve Alford came in, gave one against the defending national champion UConn Huskies and beaten them in Madison Square Garden, there was excitement, but we know ultimately it didn't work. It didn't take Iowa to the next level. It took them the next level down, not the next level up. And when you talk about that and you look to the future, yeah, Iowa's going to win ugly. And Iowa has to win ugly. And Iowa's built to win ugly. But winning ugly is a lot better than losing pretty. It just is. Because I will tell you, Iowa, on that basketball side, there's been plenty. It's an entertaining brand of basketball. Yet, because they haven't had the success of the past, they haven't had the success of a Dr. Tom or a Lute Olsen or or have got to the second weekend. And because of that, people have not been able to wrap their mind or their arms around this program. And it, the same thing on the football side of things. Because if Iowa goes out there, the new Big Ten, 
and knowing that they're going to have to play different offensively to keep up with the Oregons and the Washingtons, the USC's and the UCLA's of the rule, coupled with no more crappy Big Ten West on your schedule each and every year. And you don't get those games against Purdue and Illinois and Northwestern every single season. It's going to be more difficult. It's a lot more fun, even when it's boring and frustrating, to go eight and four, nine and three, as opposed to be a lot more entertaining, yet you're five and seven. You're four and eight. Enjoy the victories. Definitely enjoy the victories because they're hard. <laughs> you can argue Iowa makes them hard, but they're hard and enjoy them. And the pop with Cooper making that play, hearing first the line drive punt. And, and the Michigan State punter was just making it difficult all game long on Iowa. And he had a heck of a game before the shank and then ultimately before the line drive kick that Cooper took back to the house. Um, just enjoy it. Enjoy it. We'll have plenty of time to get upset. We'll have plenty of podcasts, I'm sure, this week. Where we'll talk more about the deficiencies and the concerns going forward. But in the interim, enjoy what you get. Question here from TS. What's your thoughts about Cooper playing offensive snaps? Can't hurt. Look, we saw Hunter uh, out at Colorado and what he was able to do. Travis Hunter early in the season playing, what, 130 snaps against TCU in that first game in a over 100-degree heat. Cooper Chief physically can do it. Now, he's also incredibly important to what they do defensively, and I understand the angst and the concern about putting too much on his plate, but Iowa needs playmakers, and they're going to need it even more now. I would be fine with it. A package of 10, 15 plays, something like that. He plays an extra 8, 10, 12 snaps a game. Why not? We've also gone down this path before. I mean, you remember Desmond King late in his career? There was a lot of talk about that. In fact, it looked like there was going to be a game where he was going to do that, or at least he said that in a uh, press conference on Tuesday of game week, and then he didn't go out there and play any snaps. It's something that's a rarity, something that Kirk Ferentz has not done before, but Cooper DeGene is just so good with the ball in his hands. I'd be all for it. Now, that also means that him and Caleb Brown couldn't be out there at the same time because they wear the same jersey number. That's okay. You know what? Get Brown his snaps, keep acclimating him, keep going him forward. We'll have plenty of that here on the Locked On feed. This is an Instant Reaction podcast, Locked On Hawkeyes. Your team every day, that's what we do here on the Locked On Network. And not just the Hawkeyes, doesn't matter if you're an NFL fan, Bears, Chiefs, Vikings, Packers, here from the upper Midwest, if that's your team, and Lions fans, you name it, we got you covered on the NFL, MLB, playoffs right around the corner, one more day left of the regular season, NHL, NBA, on and on and on, locked on bets, locked on fantasy football. We have you covered, your team every day on the Locked On Network. One more comment. This is from FNM, uh, FNL, excuse me. Good home win for the Hawkeyes. Great game from Deacon Hill. Coming early into the game, look confident and calm. Good passing arms. Still developing his game and maximizing and taking opportunities. Go Hawks. Yeah, I think we'll see more from Deacon Hill. You know, he is so different just as a person. The Cade McNamara. I mean, you can see just the, the cocksure nature of McNamara. He's a leader. He's a rah-rah guy. He's a guy that is going to get fired up, and he did it after the Penn State game, you know, getting the guys to say this is going to be something that is defining. Deacon Hills, more quiet, more reserved, but you know, hearing him afterwards, this guy that hasn't just played a whole lot of football, and I think you're going to see more from him. Accuracy is a problem. He's got to be better. He's got to have better touch. We talked about the drops earlier. Some of that is also on Deacon Hill getting the touch out there, being a little bit better. But overall, that's where we are 
with this Hawkeye team. We'll get into more of your comments. In fact, coming up this week, we're going to have a mailbag also episode. If you have anything, you can hit us up on Twitter. Myself, at Trent Condon, C-O-N-D-O-N is where we can uh, find your comments there. You can also hit, it us, hit us up on the Lockdown account at Lockdown Iowa is where you can find us there. And we will have your comments and questions coming up with a mailbag edition. LaShawn Daniels, former Hawkeye running back. He joins us each and every week. We'll break things down with LaShawn. We will also hear my buddy Biz stops by once a week during football season, and I will have him on. We will also coming up on the Monday show. It will be a recap, a look back at what we saw. I rewatch every game. Yes, even including that crappy Penn State game from a week ago. I'll rewatch the game and we can dive a little bit deeper. We get the numbers from Pro Football Focus of how the uh, players all graded out in the football game. And we do that early on the week here on the Lockdown feed. We are with you each and every day. Again, hit that subscribe button if you're on YouTube. If you're just on the podcast side, five-star reviews. That's what we're looking for to get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Iowa with the win, 26-16. Enjoy it, Hawkeye fans. We'll talk to you again next week. Go Hawks.